But speaking of the Albanese government, in 2022, they made a commitment, and not one here concerning tax cuts. I'm talking here about legislated commitment to reduce greenhouse gas emissions by 43%, below 2005 levels by 2030, and ultimately to achieve net zero by 2050. Now, that legislated commitment, it's law, was part of the Climate Change Bill 2022. Now, the problem here is, some experts are saying it will be impossible to meet the 43% target by 2030. And part of the dilemma seems to be the need for reliable power. Uh, The Australian energy market operator flagging gaps in our minimum reserves in New South Wales today and tomorrow with this hot weather and high demand. Uh, But as we move towards renewables, we need to be able to cover the minimums when days like this do happen. The problem seems to be that the rollout of renewables is lagging behind where it needs to be annually in order to get to an 80% reduction in fossil fuel contribution to energy, which helps inform the 43% total CO2 reduction by 2030. And of course, if you don't meet your energy target, it's unlikely you're going to meet your 43% overall target. But then if that's law, and you don't meet the law, well, what does that mean for government? Can they be sued? And by who? Well, someone who's warning they're not going to get there is Bruce Mountain. I've spoken to Bruce many, many times. Bruce, Professor Bruce Mountain, is Director of the Victoria Energy Policy Centre at Victoria University. He's on the line. Bruce, nice to talk with you once again. Yes, hi, hi. Uh, Now, look, irrespective of whether somebody thinks renewables is the future or not, whether we should invest in new coal-fired power stations or not, let's leave all that sort of argument and and global warming aside for a moment. Let's just look at the numbers here in the law. Now, the government say that by 2030, so six years away now, not that far away, overall the nation's emissions have to be 43% below what they were in 2005. A massive contributing factor of that figure is what we do when it comes to energy production. Now, it does look as though we're not going to meet the energy component, which makes people wonder whether we'll meet the overall component. Let's say we don't get to 43% reduction by uh, by 2030. Uh, It is law, it's legislated, what does that open the government up to? Yeah, um, good question. In principle, um, the law establishes obligations on the minister and on the government to deliver uh, outcomes. And ultimately, the government is legally uh, held um, answerable to the law. Uh, and so I think in principle, uh, people... Um, that can vote, I think, would have a legal standing to bring a case into a court uh, to seek to prosecute the government for failing to achieve legal obligations that it has set. Um, that That's all sort of fine in principle. In, in practice, you need to find a litigant. Uh, you need to put a case together to establish the evidence that they are either very likely to fail to meet the target or with hindsight have failed to meet the target and can't actually mitigate it. You need to establish that there has been damages as a consequence. Probably the litigant would need to establish that 
they have suffered a damage which the court would then assess in uh, putting a case forward to prosecute. Um, and then some action would need to be taken against the government, the outcome of which is probably going to be a court saying the government needs to uh, seek to make amends for its failure to meet the target, to which the government, um, if they lost the case, could then say, well, we realise we can't meet this target and so we're going to come up with a new law or a new policy. Mm. Uh, and a huge amount of expense would be incurred by the plaintiff and so on and so forth. But from the environmental perspective, what this process would do is it would bring to the fore the evidence, it would establish the argument, there would be a um, political forum, if you like, to hold the minister accountable and hold the government accountable for failing to achieve what they said they would. Yeah. So that's kind of the underlying public interest argument on it. It is worth watching to see what happens in time. Now, of course, you are one of those experts in the field saying, irrespective of the goodwill of the government or the right intentions or not, uh, they are very unlikely to meet their 80% uh, renewable component for the energy grid by 2030 because the rollout of renewables is just not rapid enough. Yes, um, that's certainly the view that I've come to. Um, I just don't see anywhere near the level of urgency and seriousness on this within the government needed to bring about this massive transition, which it is. Um, so it's not just an issue of having the economic circumstances that induce coal generators to leave, but you need to actually find the alternative energy supply. It's It'll be up absolutely untenable for customers to lose electricity supply. Mm. Uh, and so in practice, without this enormous augmentation of wind and solar capacity and the transmission networks necessary to connect it, and indeed expansion of rooftop solar on businesses and warehouses and so on, um, it, it seems unlikely that those targets will be met. The targets that have been set and the proportion of variable uh, renewable energy in our mix is, is the highest by far of any OECD country, of any G20 country. So the government has not been shy in setting the objectives that it has. Um, but my assessment is the institutional arrangements, the uh, preparedness of the authorities, the investment environment, is not yet serious enough to allow me to conclude, at least, that these targets are likely to be met. OK, let's assume that they don't meet the 80% renewable target in the energy space. Does that mean they won't meet the 43% overall reduction by 2030 that is legislated? So uh, this kind of steps out of areas of my expertise. You, you need to decrease emissions across the economy, of which the electricity sector in policy land is seen as the easiest, uh, lowest hanging fruit and the biggest element of it. Um, should it perchance happen that that's wrong and there are other bits of the economy where you can decrease emissions more, more quickly, then perhaps a failure in the energy sector might be offset by those other parts of the economy. Um, I, as I say, I'm, 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 I'm not expert in that, but, but I, I can venture a view, which is that in the electricity sector, which the government in its policy description of it all has said is going to be doing a lot of the heavy lifting in that time frame, 
I don't think it's likely to meet it. So absent mm. other changes, I think the conclusion would be that the, the bigger target is not going to be met. Now, I've got 60 seconds here, Bruce, if you could. Uh, we're reading today that renewables are at least helping bring down the wholesale price rather significantly in the last quarter. Uh, people that they're listening that are paying retail when they pay their power bill are saying, when am I going to see that reflected in my power bill? Do you have any idea? Yeah, the the default offers and the standard offers that many retailers have have incredibly high prices. Um, if you engage in the market effectively and find retailers doing good deals, you can end up paying decent prices. I'm on a fantastic deal, which I found. My EV is getting charged for free, and that's a market offer that I found. But it's not commonplace and you need to engage um, effectively, which you know many people for a range of reasons won't or can't do. Um, uh, the, the, the pressure from the big retailers is in the opposite direction mm. to push governments to raise the default offers. So I'm afraid this chasm between wholesale prices and what customers are seeing in their retail bills, uh, I, I can't see it narrowing in the short term. Bad news, unfortunately. Bruce, we'll have to end on that bad note. Thank you for your time, as always. Okay, super. Thank you. That's Professor Bruce Mountain, Director of the Victoria Energy Policy Centre at Victoria University.